0: comes from Mark chapter 8. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said a lot of things that can be hard to understand. Once he said you should hate your family, which is very hard to get your mind around. Sometimes he used very dramatic language, like suggesting that if your hand causes you to sin, you should cut it off, which is a very good argument for not always taking the Bible literally. He said some very beautiful and big things about how he is the bread of life, and living water, and the way, and the truth, And it can take a lifetime to unpack all of the meanings behind that. But Jesus also said some things that are not exactly hard to understand, just very, very, very hard to do. And today's gospel might be the chief among those. If anyone to become their followers, my followers let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For if you want to save your life, you lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will save it. If we're honest, there's probably something in each of us that deep down, after Jesus is finished, thinks to ourselves, no thank you. We know what he means. Or at least we know enough to know that what he means is going to be uncomfortable. Jesus said all this stuff to his disciples, who had already walked away from so much, from their lives and their families and their careers. They had already put down everything they had to follow him. And even they were struck and taken aback and a little uncomfortable at what Jesus said. So what does that mean for us, who have homes and careers and schedules and car payments and retirement plans and bucket lists, We who are told in this society that we can have it all and we should try to get it. Denying yourself and taking up your cross and following someone is the exact opposite of the American way. Although, to be honest, it's pretty much the exact opposite of the human way when you come down to it. Peter represents us. He objects right from the start. He says the thing that you and I probably would have been thinking and maybe said out loud right there on the road. (laughs) Surely, he says to Jesus, there's got to be a better way than this. Maybe Jesus is tired and got confused about what it looks like to save the world and to be God. Because this death thing and suffering thing sounds like the worst idea ever. Peter tries to say all that quietly. He pulls Jesus aside so as not to embarrass him in front of anyone. But Jesus is having none of that. He turns around and says very loudly and very publicly that this is no mistake, that he will not be tempted into comfort and safety. And he says that all so loudly that it's still ringing in our ears 2,000 years later. Now, these are hard words today in the gospel. They're not that hard to understand, but they're hard to take in and live by. It's nearly impossible for us, and it has been for people for 2,000 years, to take these words into our hearts and minds and lives deeply enough that they really truly shape who we are and how we act and speak and live in the world because Jesus is just flat out saying that all the things we think will save us or protect us or preserve us are probably doing the opposite. And he's asking us to put all of that down and pick up something else instead. Now there's no doubt that these words from Jesus have been abused and misused over the years. So we'll just take a minute to acknowledge that. These words have been used to tell people whom the world keeps at the bottom of the pile that they should stay there and suffer because that's what God wants. It's your cross, after all. Pick it up. You'll get rewarded later on. If that has ever been used against you, then first, on behalf of the church, I apologize. And secondly, let us say that that was wrong and you can put that down and walk away. Because Jesus is not talking about suffering that's forced on us or given to us as some kind of test. We're not being invited to demean ourselves or damage ourselves or discount ourselves. At the heart, these words of Jesus aren't really about suffering. They are about life. And what really is life? About expanding our vision and understanding. I think we're here on a Sunday morning when we could be so many other places. You got up and got out into a very wet and dreary morning and came here at least in part because this alternative way of life that Jesus talks about today is calling to you and nudging you and waking you up which is so often how the Holy Spirit works, in little ways, little nudges, little pushes. Keeping alive and afire in us the vision that things can be different. That the way things are is not the only way. This story today, you might have noticed, is a road story, it's a journey story. Jesus and his friends are on the way someplace. They're on the way to villages that are known only by the emperor's name. Those villages have lost their own name in this story. They're simply called the villages of Caesarea Philippi. They've been named after an emperor who trusts only in domination and self-centered power and the kind of loyalty that you get at the tip of a sword. And on the way to those villages, Jesus stands in the middle of the road and says loudly, without fear, that that kind of life is no life at all. That power comes not from weapons, but from sacrifice. That letting go turns out to bring you so much more joy than hanging on. That everything Caesar stands for may look good for a hot minute until you realize you can never keep up. You can never get enough. You're never done. You're never finished. And you fall down exhausted. Ancient Rome may have collapsed years ago, but the problems Jesus was facing on the road are just as real. That human instinct to get everything we can and hang on to it for dear life, well, that belongs to every empire. And so Jesus stands in the road and calls out, not just to his disciples, thousands of years ago but to us there is another way there is another road it scares us because Jesus way is the opposite of everything that we're told to do in this life but it also intrigues us there's something about this way of life that we know matters Barbara Brown Taylor who is an Episcopal priest Puts it this way. She says, Jesus invites the disciples to deny that panic-stricken voice inside of them, the one that's always ordering them to play it safe, and to listen for a different voice instead, one that says, wake up, follow me, and don't be afraid. That voice has never promised safety, but it's always promised life. It doesn't offer freedom from pain but it always offers freedom from fear. So when you head into the fellowship hall today, as I hope you will do after worship, and you see all of those displays and uh, intriguing invitations to participate in the ministries of this congregation, and you look around and you think, I don't even know where to start. Remember this as you begin all of that in there, all those committees and ministries and teams and opportunities. And everything we do as a congregation together, it's not just meant to give you something to do, get you out of the house, or help you contribute to this congregation. All those are good things. They're fine. But the reason we do all of that, all of this, everything we do together is to help shape ourselves as individuals and this community into the kind of life that Jesus stands on the road to proclaim. A life that isn't centered on our own needs and safety, but on what is good for the whole creation. A life that isn't always playing it safe, but is not afraid to speak out for justice and learn to walk a different way. And that's a life we have to practice day after day, moment after moment, breath after breath, practically. And we need each other to do that. None of this is easy. But it wasn't supposed to be. On the other hand, none of it is something you have to do alone. Jesus is on the road, ahead of us, with us, for us, offering forgiveness when we Mess it up, which we will inevitably do. He knows the crosses that stand along the way, and he will carry them with us. But bit by bit and moment by moment, he is inviting us into abundant life, real life, a true life. It isn't hard to understand that. It's very hard to do. But God gives us each other to do it with. And the promise of the life that really is life. And for that we